justice and truth. He identified with people throughout India and touched their hearts. They responded to keep him alive. He fasted and prayed to death again to support the Harijans or untouchables against the, against the constitutional pro, uh, proposal to separate the castes that would place the untouchables in a separate state. The public outcry forced the consulting government on independence to withdraw. He fasted and prayed against the partition of Hindu India and Muslim Pakistan. He did not succeed in preventing it. It took place as we all know, and there was so much bloodshed in the process. But Gandhiji has been credited by many as reducing what would have almost have been worse violence through his fasting and prayer. He spent the day of independence not celebrating the end of British rule, but appealing for peace amongst his countrymen by fasting and praying and spinning in Calcutta on the 15th of August 1947. They had achieved self-rule, but India was petitioned. His fasting and prayer brought home the injustices of British colonisation to the ordinary Indian on the street. It was his means of both introspection and political protest. His spiritual strength and discipline was able to establish a direct connection with thousands of people who became his passionate followers and supporters of both his message of non-violence and civil disobedience, as well as the goal of self-rule. Now I've told the story about a great Hindu because his life parallels our gospel story this morning about the widow and the unjust judge. He had huge, Gandhiji had huge internal spiritual strength. He was persistent in the face of hopelessness and adversity. He had belief, hope and engagement in a just cause. And finally his inner life and prayer led to practical action. Gandhi was inspired by the beautiful songs of the Bhagavata, which taught the same values of persistence, prayer and social justice that Jesus taught in the parable we have this morning. Let's remember the parable was introduced by Jesus as being about the need to pray always and not lose heart. There are two characters in the parable. There was the judge, who neither feared God nor had respect for people. This was meant to get across to listeners that he had few values and was generally unmoved by people's pain and suffering. The other person was a widow. Women had few rights in that society and depended on the goodwill of men to gain a few the few rights that existed. The widow was almost certainly poor and very vulnerable. She wanted justice against an opponent. The issue was not spelled out, but the opponent was probably a man that either abused her or exploited her minimal resources. Grant me justice against my opponent, she said. The story notes 
that the judge refused for some considerable time. But in the end, he thought, even though I don't care about God, or this woman, or the issue that's upsetting her, I will grant her justice, so that she will not wear me out continually coming here, meaning continually bothering him, bothering him. Jesus says, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not, I mean if he will do it, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones, who cry to him day and night, will he delay not in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. So, in a different context, but with the same values, the widow in the parable lived out the same qualities as Gandhiji. Unlike the judge, she had huge internal spiritual strength. She was persistent in the face of hopelessness and adversity. She just kept coming back to the judge. She had belief, hope, and engagement in a just cause. And finally, this parable was told to teach us how we should pray. So it is fair to say, her inner life of prayer led to her practical actions, and she won. So what does this say to us? Firstly, we need to understand clearly the qualities we seek as Christian people or religious people, that they spring from the depth of inner life. Jesus was talking about prayer when he told that Praying expresses our greatest hopes. It takes them into the spiritual world. They become a part of us. Our positive hope for the best in life for others, and of course ourselves. Prayer can be expressed in intense concentration or in positive thoughts throughout the day. Secondly, our Lord is saying if you persist with prayer, you will get justice. Now I need to say you can't manipulate God. Gandhi's prayer and fasting did prevent the Harajans, the untouchables, from being separated from the others as the lowest caste. But they did not prevent the partition of India. His prayer and fasting is considered by most historians to have helped prevent more deaths, but didn't gain Gandhi's goal of an undivided and religious tolerance religiously tolerant India. The widow, like Gandhi, achieved her goal. It will be the same for us. We pray for the people we love, the people in need, and for various circumstances in our own lives. Much of what we pray for will make a recognisable difference, but not all. Thirdly, prayer that is effective involves belief. Another word is faith. We need hope, which gives us faith that the things we are praying for can happen. But it's not disembodied faith. Prayer is about engagement in a just cause. We don't pray to become rich or to become better than others. We pray for just causes. We pray for good things that make people and the planet better. Finally, in a life of prayer leads to practical action. Gandhi and the widow don't offer some prayers 
and then sat back and see what happened. They prayed and acted to achieve what they prayed for. Gandhi worked his whole life through the government processes as well as protests. The widow kept imploring the judge to act, no doubt despite times of frustration and embarrassment. They prayed and they believed not only that prayers would make a difference, but that their participation in addressing the need was a seamless part of the whole process. So, our inner life is at the heart of our faith. It should come naturally to all of us, and we in turn need to exercise it regularly. If you don't recognize an inner life in yourself, please seek help to attain it. It's your birthright, and it's the heart of spirituality. The clergy are here to help you like that inner spark, and there will be lay people too that can help. We have a meditation group here in this church. Uh, every Tuesday at 5.30 you can meet in the meditation group. And there's a Taze service tonight, which happens every month on the third Sunday, which is also a contemplative service. These are all things that help us with the inner life. My prayer is that we as a parish can develop a substantial spiritual inner life and strength, that we can learn to share and talk more about. I pray that we can be persistent in the face of hopelessness and adversity with solid belief and prayer. Most of all, I pray that this inner life and prayer will lead to all sorts of good practical action in Tao and in the other communities that we live in.